and welcome to Wicked Curious Radio. I am your mystery maven, Roxy Zwicker from New England Curiosities. I am here with the amazing Ken and the invisible Professor Lou Blassie. <laughs> I know. This can, it doesn't like this camera for some reason. i got to keep wrestling it every week. It's working oh on it. Oh, my God. There's always something going on here. I don't know. This is ghost to the, the machine. Of it. <laughs> no, this is true. You this is true. don't know the half of do, it. Do we want to know the half of it? No. Probably not. <laughs> no, you got then, time? <laughs> no, we ain't got that kind of time. Then you'd be much more like me, which you don't want either. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So, um... We are back into October right now, and today we're going to have a special October edition of our show. We're going to be talking in just a little bit to Roy Heiser from the Cincinnati Ghost Tour. So I'm super excited to find out what all the ghost stories are in Cincinnati, what it'd be like to take a tour out there, and we'll bring you some of the excitement from Cincinnati in just a little while. Mm-hmm. And we're coming off of a little excitement as well, and we got more coming this week. Um, tomorrow, I am at the, I need to make the distinction, the Peabody South Branch Library, because <laughs> the town of Peabody has three libraries. And I found that out the hard way when I went to speak in Peabody last year. So They didn't tell you which one to go to. <laughs> no, they just wrote to me from the main library, and that's where I showed up. And by the time I found the library I was supposed to be at, I was 30 minutes late, and everybody was sitting there, and I had to explain myself. <laughs> so um, and they still had a good time. Oh, we still had, Well, obviously we had a good time because they, they're like, come back again. Yeah. At least now I know where I'm going. So um, it's the South Branch Library tomorrow at 6.30. I am doing uh, New England Witchcraft Tales. These are witchcraft tales outside of Salem, Massachusetts. So we have some witchcraft tales from Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire. We have some out from Western Mass in Northampton, Massachusetts, some from Maine. Other witchcraft stories, some that predate the Salem Witchcraft Trials that we want to talk about. So we'll be doing that tomorrow. You have to RSVP because they are worried there's not going to be enough room. And we just ran into that problem last week when oh, we went to Derry. Mayhem. Wow. We went to Derry, and there was uh, nowhere to park. We had to park. I had to park down the street uh, and <laughs> carry all of my gear across Derry to the library where it was standing room only. And I set up. It was uh, basically ready to go at about quarter of seven by the time everything got plugged in. I was supposed to start at 630 but I didn't know there was a parking issue in Derry. So I've now learned about the lovely town of Derry, and we had an amazing crowd out there. Everybody was awesome. They were super cool. There was a separate parking issue or a parking issue because you blew out the parking in, in downtown <laughs> she, she Derry? She blew out the parking. Yeah. There, there was probably maybe a dozen spaces at the library, and there was probably over 70 people that showed nice. up. They said it was the biggest event they ever had. So um Keep that in mind if you're going to Peabody, because um, they also want people to RSVP, so they're sure that there's enough uh, seats and spaces out there for you. It's kind of crazy, like yeah, uh, you know, these I, events have been huge. I mean, I've been I've been speaking for you know a really long time at libraries and you know public events and things like that, but as of late, it, they're really they're packing them in. I don't know if it's because people, more more people are finding out about it or more people are curious about it. I can't figure it out, but they're huge. I mean, you know, Newton well, think, we've talked about. Style. More people know about us than ever, though. I mean, really, we got so many followers now. Followers now, and it's it's really just grown exponentially in the last several years. Yeah, it's 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 it definitely continues to take off, and it it both amazes and delights me all at the same time. So, we'll be in uh, Peabody tomorrow. In two weeks, we'll be in Billerica. We'll be at the library there, so we'll keep you uh, in tune with all of that. And we just finished our our. 
our earlier show here with Ron from the Million Ghost Project, who is coming up to Deadwicks on Saturday. He is going to be doing a talk, and I'll be hosting him for his new book, uh, More Ghost Chronicles. And you can sign up for that at pickwicksmercantile.com. If I you saw want to the come books. The us. books are in. The books are in. I, I even touched one. I took some <laughs> pictures of it. It looks pretty cool. Um, we're in uh, New England Curiosities in a couple of chapters in the books. So um, he'll be there uh, 2 o'clock. I think it's 2 to 3.30 this Saturday so you can come in hear the talk and check out the book and ask questions about ghosts that uh, ghost little investigations that he's been on have your book signed have your book signed and I'll sign it too I'll sign my chapter exactly. if, you want, if you want me to sign my <laughs> chapters I'll sign my chapters um, and so yeah I mean there's just there's so much going on right now we just had um, this past weekend from Thursday through Sunday not counting workshops and readings, we had nine sold out ghost tours. So we saw about two hundred people this weekend. Wow! And it's um, it's it's incredible. Like I I sleep like the dead loo. Like we I get are, home and I'm out. We are in it deep. Yeah, we yeah. are seriously seriously in it. And and it's especially hard for you too. But it's got to get you going, though, doesn't it? It does. It does. Get a little journaling going when you oh, see. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, you get the momentum going, and it's it, it's super awesome. And poor Ken, you know, he's he's still working the other job too. So you know, he's he's so doing double double duty. Which, which I feel really bad about because there's so much that I need need him to do when he's around. Although we're like on the brink here of changing that, so it's really gotten to that point. <laughs> Ken's very hopeful. Need to be there all the time. Yes, yes. Please take October off. I should. <laughs> that would Just be put awesome. put in a leave for the month. Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> we did, you'll be happy to know, our very first Other Side of Darkness nice. late night trolley. How'd that go? It was um, good. <laughs> it's good. We have... More drunk people than ever yeah. wave into the trolley as we drive down the street. No, I thought you were more drunk people on the tour. Oh, God. Oh, let's hope not. No, they were, they were a good really bunch. They were not. really into it. Yeah. But we drive by all the drunks because we're going by downtown Portsmouth, all the different areas that you we have. You have drunks in Portsmouth? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Oh, my goodness, yes. People like being festive in Portsmouth. There's so many clubs. It's a, so, such a... Such a it, exciting place to be so after the tour you drop everybody off you slap the uber tag on the trolley start go picking up these drugs you know, at surge pricing and yeah. you make a few bucks i didn't even think of that that might be something <laughs> Some to try good entrepreneurism right there yeah. there you go there you go i like it yeah so uh the tour went the tour went very well uh, i'm i mean, i've gone back now and just have done a couple of tweaks to it but we we always ran it was things. always con continuous improvement I, I swear i'm like my own iso company you know <laughs> i <laughs> ISO improvement all the time, like continually. Um, but we, we've got a couple more of those this week. Saturday sold out, but we still have tickets for Friday. You can find it at newenglandcuriosities.com. Um, but it's really fun to, to see the other side of Portsmouth and tell some stories that yep. we normally don't have the opportunity to tell. The plains, the vast plains of Portsmouth. The, the vast, the vast Portsmouth plains, that's right. <laughs> yeah. There's even a plaque that tells you you're in Portsmouth there plains is. out yeah. there. Didn't know it existed until, it's, it's, what, last week we talked about That's it? right. Yeah. That's right. It's pretty much just the pass through into town now once you get off the highway. Yeah. Well, it's still kind of nice. There's, you know, a couple oh. cemeteries out there. Yeah. A couple... I mean, there's a nice, you know, public ball field yeah. and playground. And a couple places to go out in the plains to enjoy. So. into historic places. That's true. That's true. We get to show everybody where the old Islington Street Jail uh, used to be, and that's where they used to brand people back in the day. They branded them. They publicly branded people in Portsmouth. Yeah, how about, about that? Yeah, for about 100 
100 years they, wow. they did branding so if you were uh, arrested for a theft or public drunkenness uh, whatever they they deem to be a serious enough crime they would take you out in front of the old jail and they'd brand you with the appropriate letter for the crime and if, <laughs> yeah that's just crazy isn't it's it? pretty barbaric I mean you you paid your dues for that year or a few months or whatever yeah. and then you you're wearing that mark for life though mm-hmm. I have to imagine there's a certain group of guys who just took it as a badge of courage and just started collecting letters <laughs> like trying to complete their set or something. Yeah, it's like some kind of but cha- like a, challenge. Like a merit badge? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a challenge. So these are all the things that I've done right That's here. Right. I'm taking yeah. the pledge. Yeah. It's like when all. you see a radar, you know, one of those radar things on the street. What can I get this up to? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Might be guilty of that. Wow. wow. Hey. In the past. In the past, yes, maybe. Not, not, not anymore. And I'm super excited. Aren't you excited, Ken? Mm-hmm. We have a, another ghostie to talk to another this ghostie. week. And my understanding is that on the phone right now, we have Roy from Haunted Cincinnati Tours. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you so much. Is it morning where you are, I'm wondering? Uh, actually, it's like 1230. Okay, so you're, you're same That's time zone here. 1230. Okay, us too. Fantastic. I'm so excited to talk to you today because I love to talk to people that do the same thing that we do, particularly this time of year. So we get to share some ghost stories with you. Wonderful. So how's your season been going so far? Very busy. Very busy. We've got uh, lots of tours lined up. Uh, We've had some great tours and some wonderful special events. I love it, and I love your tagline, where the dead come to life. I, I'm almost a little bit jealous of that, which I think is awesome. Because we're, yeah. we're, we're just legendary tours and events. I like that, where the dead come to life. Yep. How long have you been doing the tours, Roy? Give us a little bit of background on, on how you're involved with this. Uh, well, I've been a tour guide for well over a decade, um, but I didn't actually start with ghost tours. I started giving garden tours. Uh, through you know, plants um, and discovered I really liked talking to people and sharing stories and um, I've always loved ghost stories and so I thought I would try my hand at uh, giving ghost stories and uh, people seemed to respond to it and they really liked it and uh, discovered I was good at it so uh, I've been doing that um, for close to a decade now uh, first in North Carolina and now in Ohio so how'd you make the jump from North Carolina to Ohio? That, that's, a, that's a big jump. Uh, well, I'm, I'm from this area. Uh, I was raised in Lexington, which is just about an hour down the road. Uh, and my father is from here in Cincinnati. So I had aunts and uncles and cousins on my father's side here. Um, so this is a place that I visited frequently growing up. Uh, so for me, it was more like coming home than, than going somewhere. Great. Oh, that's awesome. Had you heard some of those ghost stories about the area growing up and living in the area early on? Well, that was interesting how I got to to be able to start the tour in Cincinnati right away upon moving here. Uh, Like I said, my father was from here, and he was a bit of a Sherlock Holmes. He loved a good mystery. Uh, And so growing up, he had taken me to Spring Grove Cemetery uh, and Highland Cemetery uh, and some of the other historic cemeteries here um, to lay flowers. And so he would tell me the ghost stories and the mystery stories uh, of Cincinnati when we came up for visits. 
And so a lot of the stories I got from my father. That's amazing. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I'm sure you you never pictured that you'd end up doing that as a career. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started as a gardener and an ethnobotanist. And so I guess I sort of have this light side and dark side. I love to go out and play in the garden during the daytime and the sunlight. Uh, and then when the moon comes out, I love to go scare people on ghost tours. <laughs> uh, well stated. That's a great balance. So tell us a little bit about the tours. So in in looking at just what I've seen on the website, it looks like a pretty intriguing place that you've got not only ghost tours, you've got crime tours, you've got ghost hunts. Give us an idea of what we can expect if we come out to see you. Sure. Uh, Well, it goes through the Clifton neighborhood, uh, which is one of the oldest neighborhoods outside of the main city of Cincinnati itself. Is part of Cincinnati now. One of the things I like about Cincinnati is it's a very neighborhood-oriented town, um, and people don't just say, I'm from Cincinnati. They'll say, I'm from Clifton, or I'm from College Hill, uh, and that's a very specific neighborhood. And each neighborhood, even though part of Cincinnati has its own identity. Uh, and so we go through the Clifton neighborhood, uh, and that neighborhood dates to 1849, officially, although there were people living there, of course, long before that. And so a lot of our stories are based in Clifton, uh, but we also draw in stories from all over greater Cincinnati. So when people come to the area, are they coming to just take a ghost tour? Are they looking for more of the history of the area as well? Like, who do you see coming out on the tours? Well, we get a lot of people that come out for Halloween. Obviously, this is our busy time of the year uh, with the Halloween holiday coming up. Uh, But we get people year-round that are interested in um, sort of the darker side of uh, Cincinnati's past. Uh, And these can be people that like history uh, and just want sort of a history tour, and they just sort of laugh off the ghost stories. Uh, and then there's people that come that want to kind of do a, a form of a paranormal investigation. Mm-hmm. They want to bring their equipment along on the tour. Uh, we don't actually provide any equipment, but people will bring their own from time to time. And um, they will actually do a quick little paranormal investigation uh, at the house or business or in the alley uh, where we're telling tours. And so they'll pull out their little device and they'll get, uh, they'll get a reading, for example. And then they'll share that with the group, and that's always uh, fun to see. So even people that come and they're skeptics of the ghost uh, part of it, the paranormal part of it, they want to be, you know, they want to be entertaining, but they want they want a history tour. But then when someone pulls out a device and they get a reading, um, everybody gets excited at that, and that's always fun to see. Oh, that sounds like a good time. I love that, where everybody can kind of interact with each other and they're all on the same page to see if they had the same experience. That, that's fantastic. Yeah. What's one of I, you? I love converting over a doubter. Someone that, you know, oh, at the me too. Of the story, they'll say to me, well, I don't believe all this ghost stuff. You know, my wife just drives me along. Oh, and classic. by the end of the tour, they were like, wow, that was amazing. Oh, definitely. 
that's one of our favorite things to do too and and we try to gauge that at the beginning of the tour is i usually ask you know how many people believe how many people are skeptics and i'm usually like oh so you were the ones that were dragged on this tour well hopefully you'll change your mind by the end so yeah that that's i think one of the most fun things to do is to at least get them thinking about ghosts and if you can get a conversion on a tour all the better but yeah i love that that's fabulous yeah What's what's one of the the more spooky stories on one of your tours that you can share with us? So what would what would kind of freak us out a little bit if we came out there? Well, uh, I find it interesting that Cincinnati, for only being sort of a medium sized city, I mean we have a couple of skyscrapers. I mean we're definitely a city, but we're not Chicago by any means uh, in terms of size. Um, we have had a higher percentage of serial killers here in Cincinnati than any other town our size and even some, some cities larger than us. <laughs> um, we have had uh, more than five serial killers uh, in our history. Uh, and so there could, there could be an entire tour just based on serial killers alone. Uh, and we've had um, male serial killers and female serial killers here. Uh, I know female serial killers are very uh, rare uh, but the, the stories here in Cincinnati are quite fascinating uh, about the serial killers. Apparently, there's something in the beer that uh, <laughs> just drives people crazy here. Better watch out, Lou, if you go there. Don't, know, don't, right? don't drink the beer. Yeah, stay away from yeah. women. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now, how how recent are are those stories of serial killers? I'm trying I'm trying to place what I know um, about serial killers. Who would we know? That that's in more well, recent memory. the most famous serial killer nationally uh, was a guy named um, Harvey, uh, who was known to the public as the Angel of Death. Uh-huh. Uh, if you went to look him up, you'd look up Donald Harvey, Angel of Death, uh, and he operated through the hospitals here, and he would um, kill patients who were in hospice. And the idea was that he was sort of putting people that were inevitably going to die uh, on, out of their suffering, out of their misery. Um, you know, they were, they were on a ventilator or they were in hospice. They were going to be dying soon anyway. They were lingering. The family was lingering. Um, and he was sort of doing them kind of a favor in a weird way. Um, and, and, and while one can make an ethical argument about that, I suppose, uh, when they arrested him and began doing the investigation, they found that he was actually killing all kinds of people. Oh. Uh, and he, he was one of the most prolific serial killers in American history. Um, John Wayne Gacy had 33 victims. Donald Harvey had over 75. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, known and suspected victims. Uh, and some of the more perfectly healthy people out in the community. Uh, once he got a taste for it, he just couldn't help himself. Uh, and so we, we talk about actually where we start the tour. You can see one of the hospitals up on the hill uh, where he conducted some of his killings. Are there any ghost stories in that hospital, Roy? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. It's a modern functioning hospital. Uh, but it's also one of the oldest hospitals in Cincinnati. And so um, dating back to the early 1800s, um, there have been a number of bizarre circumstances there. 
Uh, in fact, where we start the tour, kind of at the foot of the hill, if you if you look up, if the if the moon is right that night, it will catch the the bricks on the side of the building of that hospital, and and they have this sort of eerie glow, and you can almost sort of see that there's this special, interesting, vibrant light uh, around that building. Wow. So yeah, it's really quite fascinating. Now the 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 ghost stories in the hospital are are they being told to you from the people that actually work there their their own experiences? Uh, I've had both. Okay. Um, we've had several people on the tour. Uh, people will you know come in and they'll go on the ghost tour before or after their shift, uh, just as a way to kind of unwind or whatever. And they'll tell me stories. So yeah, I work at that hospital, and they'll tell me a new story. Uh, some from news reports and some from history books. But I, I love getting a story firsthand. Oh, all um, right. We've had yeah. a, a nurse on the tour. Uh, in fact, she, she's come on the tour a couple of times and brought family members or friends uh, back on the tour. And, and she'll say, yeah, I work in that hospital, and we've had this go on and that go on, and this strange thing happened or that weird thing happened. Wow. So I, I love those firsthand accounts. That's pretty chilling because yeah, a, wow. a, a hospital, you you – you have no choice, but you have to you have to go there to be healed. And Your to life know, is in their hands. To, to know the history and to know that it's haunted, that kind of spooks me out. Like, I'd rather heal at home, Mama, than to be around <laughs> all of this. You would yeah, think nurses and health yeah. professionals would be rather clinical people, too. They wouldn't succumb to mm. myth and lore. Well, yeah. well, and that's another kind of fascinating thing. You know, she's like, she'll say to me, um, you know, I, I come in, I do my job, and I'm trained, and... You know, I'm 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 a professional, and I believe in science, and 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 then to have this sort of other side of things are going on, it, it's interesting. So you've got sort of the the hard science, and then you've got obviously the paranormal. It's funny because I I've had in my history several people that work in the healthcare field, whether they're in hospice or whether they work in the hospitals. I got some stories from uh, the hospital in Manchester, New Hampshire, as well as the one in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And I obviously I could not do their job and be in that high pressure no, environment. No. And they are really, really special people. But I am, I have to say, never surprised with the stories that they share with us, whether it's about people passing and there's some sort of spiritual energy. In some cases, stories of them being helped by people who formerly worked there that have now passed away. We have the story of a, a nun that haunts the hospital in Manchester who is said to be a very helpful spirit for the people that work there. So I, I find anything around the healthcare field, hospitals, you know, old asylums, things like that, that even as clinical as they can be, they see a lot. And, and yeah, I have no indeed. reason to doubt them, Roy. Yeah. Now I have yeah. to... I, I have to ask, are, are you a believer in ghosts? I am. Okay. I am. I, I, I would love to say I'm a skeptic, uh, but no, actually, I really do. Um, and, and I'll share a, a little bit of why. Great. Um, my mother was very in tune to the, the paranormal. Uh, she was hypersensitive to it. Um, I'm a little bit sensitive to it. But she was very in tune to it. Um, and when I was growing up, she relayed a story to me that happened when I was fairly young, oh, six or seven. I don't really remember it that much. 
uh, but it was sort of a family story uh, from the early 70s. Uh, of uh, we, we would go to church like most families did, and um, my father and mother were, were friends with a, a man by the name of Dr. Whirls. And Dr. Hall was a traveling minister. He would go from church to church preaching. And uh, he was somewhat well-known, and he was invited to come to our church on, a, on this particular Sunday. And so he arrived, and um, um, it, it was, it was a, a regular church service. And um, Mrs. Hall, his wife, was there. And so my father went to the airport to pick him up, and he was going to go straight to church. And my mother and my sister uh, were going to go and meet everyone at the church that morning. And so we arrived a little bit late, my mother and sister and I. And so we were sitting kind of near the back. And we saw Dr. Hall get up and give a really good sermon uh, and then my mom sort of tugged on my sister and I and said, we've got to go home and get ready for dinner, get the house cleaned up and the table set and ready, because the girls are going to come over for dinner. And that evening, um, when Mrs. Whirl arrived, uh, my mother looked at Mrs. Whirl and said, where is Dr. Whirl? Where, you know, where is he? He's, he's not here with you. And she was very confused because she had set a place at the table for him. She had gone out and bought filet mignon, which is not cheap, and <laughs> prepared this very nice dinner. And Mrs. Fall looked at my mother and said, Derry, didn't you realize that Dr. Horrell died seven years ago? Wow. Mm -hmm. and, oh. and, and just that wow. morning, my mother had seen him give a sermon. God. In fact, she was so convinced that he was there that morning at church in our town that she had gone out and bought filet mignon and set his place at the table. That's pretty certain. Yeah, yeah that's a pretty wow. incredible story. Those types and that, of ghosts. And that wasn't the only one. So I, I kind of came about this wow. naturally. Those types of ghost stories fascinate me, the ones where you think you're in a real-life experience. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't know that you're talking to a spirit. So are there other people yeah. in the church? Uh, you know. Yeah. Do they see the same thing, I wonder? Several people succumb to this? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Mrs. Cole was there, and—, and you know, my, my sort of adult mind said, well, why would Mrs. Fall be there if Dr. Hall wasn't? Mm. She wouldn't have any reason to come visit. The reason for the visit was his giving a sermon. Mm. And if he was had passed on, what was she doing there? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Very, very strange. That's really strange. Wow. Oh, I love it. So uh, so I've, I've been a believer ever since then. Um Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I'm kind of speechless after yeah, that. I'm trying, like, to, wow. I'm trying to picture that in, in, in my mind and mm -hmm. expecting them to come over. No, he's he's not alive anymore. Yeah. So, um, yeah, oh, go ahead. In, in fact, my, my first book on ghost stories was Haunted Charlotte. And, um, and, I, and I wrote about that story in that book. Um, 
the only thing I changed in that story was the the geography. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, it takes place in Charlotte. It actually took place in Lexington, Kentucky. But other than the geography of the location, the rest of that story is completely true um, and as it happened. And so I wanted to share that story with, with everyone. I, I appreciate it. That's, that's definitely a head-scratcher for me, trying to piece that together. Wow. What yeah, an amazing experience. Mind-blowing. Now, now you said you, you've, written a, you've written a book. Have you, is it just one book you've written? Have you done a little bit more? Well, some of us get a little carried uh, away with our stories. I've written a second book on ghost stories. Nice. Uh, I've written seven books total. Hey, you know what? Um, we got that in common. Me but, too. I've written yeah. seven books too. Nice. Um, yeah, I've written seven books total, two on ghost stories. Uh, one is Haunted Charlotte. And one is um, Cincinnati Cemeteries. Oh, and so it's nice. ghost stories from the cemeteries around Cincinnati. Oh, you open those cemetery gates, and I'm going to be asking questions. So, I, mm-hmm. I have to. Cemeteries are one of my favorite things. I mean, you know, old New England here. I, I got to ask oh, you. Yeah. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your cemeteries. Just got to, got to ask. All right. Uh, well, uh, in addition to the Cincinnati Ghost Tour, I also conduct the Cincinnati Cemetery Tours, uh, and those are those are somewhat of a ghost tour, uh, but they're also a little more history. Yeah. So there's sort of a balance between a history tour and a ghost tour. Um, and I, I love the old cemeteries here. The oldest one we have that is continuously operating is the Wesleyan Cemetery in Northside. Uh, and it has been operating since 1842 uh, and has several notable burials there. Uh, one of the fun ones uh, is a guy named Frederick Waterman, uh, who was the third baseman for the original 1869 uh, Cincinnati Reds stockings. Uh, they're the baseball team that obviously ended up becoming the Cincinnati Reds. Um, but they started in 1869, and, and their their third baseman is buried there. So an interesting um, sort of sports connection uh, for those of us who like the, the Cincinnati Reds. Um, but there's several other interesting characters uh, buried there as well. Uh, and that is a, a really creepy, slightly neglected cemetery that has that real old-world feel to it, broken monuments and lots of moths on the monuments and that sort of thing. Um, Our other historic cemetery here is Spring Grove Cemetery and Arboretum. Uh, It is 1845, so it's a couple of years uh, more recent. Um, But it is much, I mean, it's a botanical garden, and it is much more maintained, uh, much more manicured, much more groomed. Um, But the the history there is fascinating. Everybody from Dick Von Hain, who is known as the Pool Ghoul, uh, is buried there. Um, Bernard Kroger, the guy that started Kroger's Grocery Stores. Uh, lots of fascinating characters there. So who was the Cool Ghoul? How do I not know about this? Uh, yeah, his name is Dick Von Hain. Um, he is called the Cool Ghoul, and he was a horror um, TV show host. Um, sort of like Sven Gulli or um, John Zaccarli. He, um, he was on the radio and the TV in the Cincinnati area, late 60s through the 70s. Um, you can Google him or YouTube him. 
uh, and he he was sort of a funny, cartoony kind of character um, here, and anybody of a certain age um, would grow up watching him, and he was sort of an iconic figure here uh, that would host a late-night television show. They would have skits, and then they would introduce a horror movie, um, and then they'd play the horror movie, and then he would make commentary on it. Um, and then he would make guest appearances at, you know, store openings and the state fair and that kind of thing. I love it. Oh, that's cool. It's like the, the creature double feature that we used, we used to, to have, have here, here in yeah. the Boston area, which I never missed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Does, does he have yeah, so some? We kind of have our own John Zaccarli here. It, it, does he have he's a buried at Spring Grove and so and and yep. and he and and who is he really historically? Um, he was just a radio television announcer. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he died about fifteen or twenty years ago, and he's just a really well-known pop culture figure. I love it. Anything and special on his grave? If you go look him up, his name is Dick Von Hain. Dick Von Hain. <laughs> And, and does it tell his story or give a little information on his gravestone? Um, I do in the book. I, I don't really mention him on the actual ghost tour, on the Cincinnati ghost tour, uh, but he has a mention in the book. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. All these all these cool characters out there. <laughs> yeah, she's learning new stuff. I love and it. Doing all, the, this, doing all the spooky stuff out there. I love it. Mm-hmm. So have you, whether you've been out on a tour or just doing one of your investigative tours, have you had a, a firsthand experience that you relay to the folks that come out to see you? Every once in a while, we have things happen on our tours. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a really bizarre uh, experience in Arlen's Bar uh, a few months ago. Uh, we were in there with a group. Uh, we go into Arlen's Bar. It's an old uh, public house, public ale house. Um, the dates to the mid 1800s. Um, it's kind of an old brick building, uh, kind of attached to a row, kind of row building. Um, and it, it's interesting. It's always been a public house. It's always been a, a bar um, for many, many generations. And. Um, it's changed hands a couple times. It's got kind of a checkered past. Um, one of our suicides occurred there and such. Uh, but we were in Arlen's bar, and I was talking to a group of people. And the, the way the bar is set up is you can go to the end of the bar, and there's this kind of large open area. Um, and then beyond that, there's some seating, and then the bar's back on the other side. And so we were staying there in our group, and, and we were by ourselves in this large area. Uh, there were there were some other people in the bar, but they no one was near us. And uh, I think we had eight people on the tour that night. And so we were talking to the eight people, and I was telling them the story of Arlen's bar. And all of a sudden, and I was you know when I'm when I'm doing this, I'm looking at, at you know the guests on the tour and looking around the room a little bit. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, um, this lady just appears. Um, I didn't see her walking down the bar towards us or come around, you know, it's kind of an open area. There's nowhere for her to, to hide. She just appeared out of nowhere, and she fell down hard on the floor, oh. just smacked down on the floor. Her arms were under her. I mean, a chair went flying out from behind her or around her, uh, and she went smack into the floor. And 
there was there was no one around, and she just appeared out of nowhere. Um, and so, obviously, the bartender came over, and a couple other people came over and were concerned about her. And it was really strange because the next night uh, we were back in that you know bar again, um, and I said to the uh, asked the bartender, "What about that girl last night?" And the one that, that, that fell on the floor. I, I mean, I saw the ambulance coming. And it was the same bartender uh, that had been there the night the girl had fallen. And I, I said, what, 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 was this, you know, what was the conclusion of the story? Was she okay? And he looked at me and said, what woman? <laughs> what? Oh, that's <laughs> another one of And those. he was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Last night, the woman that fell on the floor, you called an ambulance for <laughs> Wow, and that's like very real experience. He he was like, I don't know what you're talk I don't know what you're talking about. I don't I don't know what woman you're speaking of. Huh. I I so, a, apparently I had seen a ghost push a woman to the floor and then the woman vanished. So really creepy stories in that bar. I wonder, is this, was this something that likely happened in the past that's, like, replaying itself? You know, that could very well be. I mean, maybe the bartender was just sporting on me, <laughs> but he seemed pretty serious. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's really yeah, mind-blowing. That was, that was weird. That was one of the weirder things that's happened. I mean, if if for me, if you're calling an ambulance, clearly there's there's someone down, you know. And your, your guest witnesses. Well, when as well? the lady fell, I thought, okay, you know, some I didn't, I happened to have not seen her, and she fell, and the ambulance is coming, and we need to get out of here. So I escorted my group out. I figured an ambulance was probably on its way, so I I, I kind of got the group out the door, and, and we went, you know, uh, down to the next um, spot on the tour, which is actually right next door. <laughs> um, and, you know, we barely finished the next story five minutes later when when we saw the ambulance pull up in front. Huh. That's crazy. You know, nine mm. people saw the ambulance, and apparently there had been no ambulance. Wow, and, all, and everybody saw it. Yeah, it was it was very strange. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm, so. once, once again, <laughs> you, you found me speechless here. <laughs> Well, you know what? I think we all need to get together and go to this bar. Yeah, that's right. You need to check this out. We're going to have to figure this one out. Let's order or some, some nachos bar. and hang out. Or some bar. Nice and the funny thing is, on a regular night, it's just a friendly neighborhood bar mm -hmm. where things keep occurring. Wow. Well, Portsmouth, we've got a, a lot of stories about haunted bars in the in the city as well and things that... That have happened that where people can't explain. Where things keep occurring. Where, yeah, where things keep occurring <laughs> yeah. all the time. So I, I find it interesting as bars are, are gathering places. Of course, ours are in you know old historic buildings too, and there's some sort of residual energy that kind of sends you know things askew, so to speak. That's that's a really good one. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. So yeah. if and if, uh, one of my favorite sure. stories on the tour uh, is about the local fire station. Um, Cincinnati was the very first city in America to have a fully professional paid fire department. Uh, and our very first chief of the fire um, department, a man by the name of Greenwood, actually invented the steam engine fire 
fighting truck. Uh, so that was invented here in Cincinnati. And one of the oldest fire departments in Cincinnati is on our tour. And we love to tell the, the story of Cleo. Uh, Cleo is a Dalmatian puppy Aww. that was uh, got in 1907. And she is the mascot for that fire department. You know, fire departments had a, a Dalmatian puppy. That was sort of a, a thing. Mm-hmm. And they got Cleo, Cleopatra. And <laughs> Cleopatra served and protected those firefighters uh, for 16 years. And then she passed on, as, as, as we all do. And now the firefighters there talk of the spirit of Cleo. But uh, even 100 years later, uh, she is still watching over and protecting uh, the firefighters. And I can even attest myself to the fact that the spirit of Cleo is still in that firehouse uh, because I have seen her personally. Um, uh, I was invited in one evening. It was on my third or fourth tour, maybe, and one of the firemen was like, oh, come on in. You know, we'll take a tour of the firehouse. So we, we went in, and um, and I saw Cleo kind of wandering around some of the fire trucks. Or sometimes I'll have a water dish sitting out in front of the fire station uh, during the summer, and, and I'll see a ripple across the water dish when, when no dog is visible. Mm-hmm. And I know that the spirit of Cleo is still there. So not all of our spirits are, are human. Right. Right, we have a, a theater in Portsmouth, the Music Hall, and they had adopted a uh, black cat back in the 1990s. They named Ollie, and they knew something ghostly was going on just by the way Ollie kind of operated in different sections of the theater. Like, they knew that there was a ghost there, and Ollie, after several years, ended up passing away. And when they do tours of the theater, people remark that they feel a cat down around their feet and their legs, and there's nobody there. And it's funny because, you know, Ollie's still on the job, and there's there's an endearment to that. And mm-hmm. for me, when I tell people the story, I'm like, you know, it's like the, the circle of life. Like, he was, you know, brought in, you know, to kind of let them know about the ghosts, and now Ollie's a ghost. And I think people forget that, you know, ghosts just aren't people, but we have ghost animals, you know, all, all, certainly mm-hmm. all over New England. We've got lots of stories of them. That's very cool. Do, do they have, now? have they gotten another dog at, at the fire department? Do they have one there now, or, or was this just something in the past? No, this, this is a historical dog. Um, no, they don't currently have one. Um, and they still I'm have not the water sure dish it would out. be regulation to have one now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, regulations have changed over the years, and yeah. um, I'd love to see them have one, mm-hmm. um, but uh, not not currently. Oh, what a great story! That's fantastic. Oh, hi, Katie. <laughs> see you in the room there. Thanks for thanks for listening. That's fantastic. So, Roy, if we were to come out to Cincinnati and take a ghost tour, what are some of the other don't miss things in the area that we'd want to come and check out? Well, you'd want to see Roebling Bridge. Uh, it is the suspension bridge between Kentucky and uh, Ohio. Uh, it spans over the Ohio River. Uh, it was built in the mid-1800s uh, by John A. Roebling, who also built the uh, Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, so that you can see that the two bridges look very, very similar. Uh, that's something not to be missed. Uh, it is, by the way, also haunted. Uh, a great number of people over the years have jumped off that bridge and committed suicide. 
uh, and so it is considered a haunted location as well. Uh, but um, it is also a very beautiful um, uh, bridge to see. Uh, one of the most interesting um, things to see downtown is probably the observation deck at Carew Towers. Uh, Carew Towers is an Art Deco skyscraper downtown, and you can go up to the top, uh, and there's an open uh, observation deck, and you can see the entire panorama uh, of the entire Ohio River Valley. Nice. Oh, that sounds great. And so that's a that's a wonderful thing to go see. I'll ask Ken's question for him. What's Cincinnati food? What's the what's the signature <laughs> dish, dish in Cincinnati? Thank you, Lou. The foodie question. Oh, yeah. Cincinnati chili. Uh, um, yeah, we're famous for Cincinnati chili here. Chili. Uh, there are two competing restaurants. One is Skyline, and one is Gold Star. And so people are very brand loyal to one or the other of those. Uh, so there's, there's always this debate going on about which uh, which chili to choose. Uh, but it is a very uh, loose, kind of watery, meat-based chili. Um, it tends to have cinnamon in it. Uh, so it's got some uh, sort of spicy flavor to it. Uh, not spicy in your typical barbecue sense, but spicy in, right. a, in a cinnamon sense. Nice. Um, I sort of look at it as meat soup. Um, it's, it's a little, it's a little more liquidy than than chili um, from other places. You know, Texas chili is so thick you can right. build a brick wall with it. Uh, but this is a very loose chili, a very watery chili. Uh, but it's it's delectable, um, and it's Macedonian in its tradition. Uh, two Macedonian brothers came here as immigrants. Uh, and started Skyline Chili in the uh, late 1800s, and and it was just a family recipe, and they people liked it, and it took off from there. Um, so that's sort of one of the the cultural icons, culinary icons of the city. I like that. So chili and beer. Here we go. I, I'm in. How wrong can you go? Well, we've always <laughs> had a very heavy German population. Um, Germans were pouring out of Germany uh, in the early 1800s. And many of them came here. Uh, and so they brought their culture and their language with them. Uh, so there were a number of German language beer halls and churches and other things. And that's why we got such a large uh, German Jewish and German Catholic population here. And uh, they brought beer brewing with them. And so we are also known for uh, our many local breweries. Uh, Moorline is probably the most well known. Um, and so there are actually tours that go underground into some of the underground distilleries um, and talk about our brewing history here. Well, that sounds great. Ooh, that sounds like it's fun. Uh, Roxy's eyes lit up when he said underground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you, could you see that from the I other did, room? Sorry. Did you, yeah. did like tunnels? And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Cincinnati's fascinating for that. There, there is an entire underground city here. Oh. There are miles and miles and miles um, of passageways and uh, brewery um, uh, distilleries underground. Um, they, they built these enormous caverns into the side of the hills here, into the side of the mountains. Um, they didn't have refrigeration in those days, and so they needed a constant temperature in the, in the 50s or 60s, and so they would uh, build these enormous caverns. And, of course, as soon as refrigeration came along, they no longer needed them and were largely abandoned. Um, uh, however, how accessible? Has also, um, in the 1930s, started a um, 
subway system. They intended to put in a full-sized subway system. So they built um, about 40 miles worth of subway tunnels under the city, and then they ran out of money, (laughs) and then they abandoned the subway tunnels. So there are these abandoned subway tunnels down under Cincinnati. Many people do say they're haunted. Uh, certainly many weird things have gone on down there. And you, you, you wouldn't even know they were there uh, if you hadn't sort of known about it. How accessible are they, though? On can the you... side of the, the hills, you can see these sort of caged-up openings. Oh. And those are the entrances to those subway tunnels. Can you get in the tunnels, Roy? Uh, you can. Um, occasionally, the city will conduct tours through there, just thinking we need to use the space for something. Uh, and there's much debate about restarting a subway program. That, of course, it all boils down to money. Of right. course. Right. So were there, like, nefarious activities going on in these tunnels at some time? You stole a word from our tour, nefarious. Right. Got yeah, but... Were there nefarious uh, activities nefarious going on? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, many people claim that those tunnels are haunted. People will go in there. Uh, several people have committed suicide in there. Oh, um, yeah. Oh. Now, in the 1920s and 1930s, when those when they were being built and at the time they were abandoned, um, there was a lot of mob activity. Mm. There was a lot of bootlegging going on in Cincinnati. Um, there were so many distilleries and breweries here that obviously bootlegging was a thing. And so apparently those abandoned subway tunnels uh, were a great place for the mobsters to um, drop off packages. Uh, sometimes those packages consisted of beer, and sometimes those packages consisted of a corpse. Oh. Uh, but uh, that would be a place to leave your um, unwanted. <laughs> like the corpse, yeah. <laughs> like the corpse. <laughs> oh, wow. man. Well, that's it. I think we're going to have to add this to our itinerary oh, of places this, yeah, to this go. Yeah, this sounds great. It sounds like Cincinnati's a great place to, to check all this stuff out. Oh, and it's a perfect place for ghost tours, yeah. it sounds mm-hmm. like. Oh, Roxy heard tunnels, and I'm there. Yeah. Well, well, well you heard beer, and you're there. Yeah, well, I heard tunnels, true. and I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> Ken heard chili, and, and Ken's there. So yeah. there's something for yep. everybody. So, Roy, yes, if, <laughs> if uh, you wanted to have people get in touch with you and find out what it is you're up to, uh, give us some contact information. Sure. Uh, you can find us online at CincinnatiGhostTour.com. You can also find us online at CincinnatiCemeteryTours.com. Very cool. And there you'll find a full schedule, uh, phone number, any contact information you might need. And you guys have a page on Facebook, no doubt? Yep. We have a Facebook page, Cincinnati Ghost Tour, uh, on Facebook. We also have an Instagram, uh, Cincinnati Ghost Tour on Instagram. And how can people find your books? Uh, They're available at uh, Barnes & Noble. They're available uh, online on Amazon. Great. And and one final question. How late in the season uh, do you take your tours out? Year-round. Year round, I love Year it. Year round, nice. uh, obviously September and October is the busier of uh, season of the of the year, uh, but uh, yeah, we offer them year round. All right, that's Excellent. it. We're, we can go in our off season. Yes, I'm, I'm there. 
Roy, this has been awesome. I have thoroughly oh, this enjoyed this this conversation, and, and I'm excited to, to come out there and check out all the spooky stuff. This is we got haunted hospitals, we got tunnels, we got beer, chili. I'm in. Thanks for well, so, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for spending time with us on Wicked Curious, and I look forward to talking to you soon again. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, so. Wow. I'm having a lot of fun here. Yeah. <laughs> amazing stuff. Wicked amazing. Mm-hmm. Or for those wicked curious folks. Just to circle around to uh, back to uh, Donald Harvey. Yes. He claims he killed 87. He was sentenced to 28 consecutive life sentences plus $270,000 in fines. That's it? What were the odds are that they collected any of that? Yeah. yeah, zero. <laughs> this is pretty recent, right? This was in the news. Not too uh, yeah. 1970 to 1987 was the span of the crimes. Mm-hmm. 17 years. He managed to murder oh for 17 God, years. God, he was on a killing spree for 17 yeah. years. He was beaten to death in prison. Oh. No way. Yep. Oh. Oh, that's well, creepy. then they're definitely not collecting the fines now. <laughs> well, no, By the way, he beaten to death in prison just uh, last year, March of 2017. What? No kidding. Yeah. It must really? have made the news because this like, rings a bell pretty recently. It, it rings a bell, but I don't remember all the details of and this. And he had uh, the, the interesting thing about him that I found was that normally serial killers kind of a, have a pattern, right? Right. He killed all kinds of ways. He had arsenic, cyanide, insulin, suffocation. Miscellaneous poisons, morphine, turned off ventilators. So he was creative. He gave uh, fluid uh, tainted doses of hepatitis B and <gasps> HIV. Oh my God! And, wow. Uh, you know, he also killed someone via a coat hanger through a catheter. Which a coat hanger through a catheter? Yeah. Ew. God, I can't even imagine how he got access to yeah. all yeah. this. I, I've stuff. heard of the Angel of Death killer, so I didn't know all the details. Oh wow. Yeah, man. Oh man, that's the stuff of nightmares right there. How do you get away with this for 17 years? I don't know. Good question. Yeah. Killed two neighbors. One of one of the neighbors died with hepatitis serum in a drink. The other one via oh arsenic. God. Yeah. Wow. Somebody needs to that's write a just, book on that wow, story. That's just rotten. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stuff of nightmares. Yeah. Okay. Creepy looking guy, too. <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. Well, thanks for adding that to the oh, sorry. show. <laughs> I, I, I like the $270,000 in fines. <laughs> yeah. I know you can get fined for murder. Yeah, really. I think we're beyond fines at that yeah, point. I think so, too. Oh, my God. I think I've just lost my appetite now. <laughs> and what's going on with Cincinnati with the, you know, all the serial killers? Like you said, something it's in a, the beer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Epicenter, I guess, out there for one reason or another. A bunch of angry Germans out there, I guess. You guys are rock hounds. Maybe there's something in the rock formations around there. Hey, you never never know. Radon poisoning or something. Maybe it's something to do with the tunnels. Who knows? It's a mystery. I'm loving this series. It's it's a mystery. Do you you like this? I do. I'm enjoying that one. Having a good time. This is great. Well, we will be. I like it. It's a little chance to travel without actually traveling. Well, now it makes you want to travel. Yeah, though, you exactly. get to hear these awesome. sometimes grim stories like yeah. that. Wow. Yeah, but we've got uh, three more weeks of our special series with special It wasn't as guests. grim as last week's Abigail, who gets shot. Oh, we, we talked that about was that also, for like hours yeah. after yeah. the show. That was also like a mind blower. So that wow. was. That yeah. was great. So if, you, if you've if you missed, make sure to go back. We've, we've talked to other ghost tours across the country. We did the West Coast. We've done New York. So we've got more to come. So... Make mm-hmm. sure that you tune in. We'll let you know what else is going on out there on Wicked mm-hmm. Curious. Excellent. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay Wicked Curious. <laughs>